Well, today is April 2nd. You're listening to Born on This Day. I'm Marco Timpano. And I'm Bill Antony. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm good, Marco. How are you? I'm really good. Today is National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. Mmm, delicious. Are are you a fan or are you not? Because oftentimes you're not a fan of what... what, uh, It's true. Um, I... I am a fan of a PB and J, okay. although it's not um it's not a regular staple sure. for me. It's not something I right. eat a lot. N- n- neither, yeah. neither. I eat peanut butter like twice right. a year. Right, right. So it's the occasional fun, but some people eat it quite often. And if you are one of those people, well, they do enjoy it. You know, you are probably dead of a heart attack. <sighs> yeah, or you're a kid and and that's your lunch. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. this was uh, considered a delicacy in the early 1900s and was only served in New York's finest tea rooms, if you can believe it, Bill. That's amazing. Yeah, and then in May uh, of 1896, an article was published in Good Housekeeping magazine. A recipe urged homemakers to use a meat grinder to make peanut butter and spread uh, the results on bread. It's crazy. Yeah, so there you go. Some history there. And is there a lot of uh, fuss about, you know, jelly versus jam? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Or jam versus marmalade? Yeah. yeah. See, I, I, I make everything. I call everything a jam. But I know there's a difference, and I prefer jam yes. to jelly. To be quite honest with you, so well, yes, because it's actually got fruit in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, enjoy your peanut butter and your jelly today. If you are born today, it is said Aries people born on April second tend to have very strong, domineering, and positive personalities. It seems that you cannot be depressed. At least it seems that way from the surface. You always believe that you have what it takes to make things happen, and there you go. Celebrating a birthday today, Pedro Pascal came to fame as Oberyn Martell on Game of Thrones in 2014, after almost 20 years after his debut in a short film when he was 21. He was a guest on The Good Wife and Red Widow. He was later on The Mentalist, and from 2015 to 17 played Javier on Narcos. He was in the films Kingsman 2 and The Equalizer 2. Last year he was in Wonder Woman 1984, which I just watched last oh. night, and currently he is on The Mandalorian. He was born on this day in Santiago de Chile in 1970. How was Wonder Woman? Not oh, great. Oh, that's what everyone's saying, Not but I was hoping I yeah. would hope you, I was hoping you were going to give a different perspective where it's like it's actually uh, no. better than okay, well, there you go. I mean, people are talking about it like it's the worst right. thing ever created, which is how superhero sure. fans always yep. react when something's not perfect. So I I walked in with an open mind as well, but it's much too long and doesn't have nearly enough to uh, fill the time oh, that it that's takes too up. Bad. I watched yeah. Mank yesterday and then halfway through, oh. my wife decided to fall asleep and told me to turn it off so I couldn't finish it. Oh. I was really enjoying it. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, hmm. next on our list is Michael Fassbender. He had one of his earliest roles in the miniseries Band of Brothers, but saw his star rise after his acclaimed performance in Steve McQueen's 2008 breakthrough feature Hunger and Andrea Arnold's Fish Tank. His fame rose with Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards and the 2011 version of Jane Eyre, and that same year began appearing as the young Magneto in the X-Men franchise and starred in McQueen's Shame. In 2013, he was nominated for an Oscar for McQueen's 12 Years a Slave, and received a second uh, for Steve Jobs two years later. Most recently, he starred in The Snowman and the X-Men film Dark Phoenix. He's been married to Oscar winner Alicia Vikander since 2017. He was raised in County Kerry, Ireland, and was born on this day in Heidelberg, West Germany in 1977. Jesse Plemons is the only man in the world who is uglier than Matt Damon. (laughs) He made his debut in the films Finding North and Varsity Blues, and in 2000, played the younger version of Matt Damon in All the Pretty Horses. 
which is something I completely had forgotten by the time I made that comment. He became better known after playing Landry on Friday Night Lights and Todd in Breaking Bad. He later had roles in Black Mass, Bridge of Spies, Game Night, and the series Fargo. Last year, he starred in Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and this year was in the Oscar-nominated Judas and the Black Messiah. He's married to Kirsten Dunst, oh. and he was born on this day in Dallas, Texas in 1988. I think he's a good actor, despite what uh, you know you might think about his looks. I don't find him... Compelling? Uh, he's never okay. really impressed me all that much. He's fine. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Let's see if this next uh, celebrant pr- impresses you. Oof. Christopher Maloney is so sexy that we all wanted to go to jail after he became famous for playing Chris Keller on five seasons of Oz. So I think there, th- the there's truth. the answer. There A former is. student of Sanford Meisner's, he made his debut on an episode of The Equalizer and later had roles in Junior, Bound, and Runaway Bride. He was a guest on True Blood, played Gene on Wet Hot American Summer, and from 1999 to 2011, played Stabler on Law & Order's Special Victims Unit, a franchise to which he recently returned. He was nominated for an Emmy during his run on the show, and he was born on this day in Washington, D.C. in 1961. He just returned to the uh, Law & Order organized crime that they've started. Oh, I see. Clark Gregg is best known for playing Agent Phil Coulson in the Marvel Universe. Coulson? Coulson? He appeared in Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, The Avengers, Captain Marvel, and starred on seven seasons of the series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He entered movies in the late 80s with Things Change and Fat Man and Little Boy, which despite the fact that you guys made fun of that title before, (laughs) is actually about World War II. The name of bombs that were dropped. It always brings me. It um, always brings me back to that television show, Jake and the Fat Man. Is what I think of. <laughs> it's different. Okay. Uh, he later played roles in The Usual Suspects, Magnolia, State and Maine, and We Were Soldiers. Oh, he appeared as one of Miranda's boyfriends on Sex and the City. He was the um, the Footlocker employee who pretended he was an ER I doctor. See. And he was a recurring guest on the West Wing as FBI agent Casper. He made his directorial debut with Choke in 2008. And this year was in Amy Poehler's directorial debut, Moxie, which is one of the worst things. Oh, really? Okay. The worst. Oh, man. He uh, recently divorced his wife of 20 years, Dirty Dancing star Jennifer Grey. He was born on this day in Boston, Massachusetts in 1962. Wow, that's good to know. Okay. I I almost, I I was recommending us watch it yesterday, but we watched Mankin. Horrible. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, At a mere four foot nine, Linda Hunt was told that with her small size and unusual looks, she would have a hard time getting anywhere as an actor, but she persisted and began working on Broadway in the seventies, making her film debut in the 1980 Robert Altman film Popeye, which I saw and is a trip and I don't understand it. I saw it recent. I saw it back then and couldn't yeah, get behind yeah. it. Watched it recently, I and know. it just and apparently the the set is still up because you can go yeah, visit in, it as like a tourist attraction in Malta. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, Interesting. I, I, I guess Malta doesn't have much more than than that to be like. Oh, look what we have. That's really cool and funky. Well, they've had. There's a lot of movies that are filmed yeah. there, so you would think that they would have like a whole theme park. Nope, of, they want Popeye because Cutthroat Island was filmed oh. there too. When, don't they have the ship no. or something? I've always wanted to go to Malta, so I, I'll, I'll tell Me you too. when I get to get there. Go there. Yeah. Right. Well, she made Oscar history two years later when Peter Weir cast her as a male photographer, Billy Kwan, for which she was she won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. She was nominated for a Tony in 1984. Uh, the, in the play End of the World, and appeared in Wallace Shawn's Aunt Dan and Lemon. She followed it with roles in The Bostonians, Dune, She-Devil, and Kindergarten, K- Kindergarten Cop. 
She reunited with Altman in Ready to Wear in 1994, later was on The Practice, Carnival, and from 2009 to 2021 appeared as Hetty Lang on NCIS Los Angeles. She was born this day in Morristown, New Jersey in 1945. And was she the first person to win playing the opposite gender, an Oscar? In uh, and I forgot to mention yeah. the film in my copy is the year of living yes. dangerously. Uh, she is, the, as far as I know, the only person to win for playing uh, the opposite sex. Wait, wasn't she in the Killing Fields? In... Why did I think it was the Killing Fields? She was... No, oh. oh, but they're both uh, political thrillers about okay. Southeast Asia. One is about Cambodia, okay. the other one's about Indonesia. Oh, okay, but okay, yeah. so okay, it's not, it's not, and they're both great. It's not a, a bad jump that I made. It's actually kind of close there, right, Bill? No, yeah, no, it was one of your better ones, Marco. Yeah. Fat Man and Little Boy and Jake and the Fat Man is way worse. I can tell you that. Okay. Um, Linda Hunt's kindergarten cop co-star Pamela Reed was also born on this day. She is best known for that film and for Junior, as well as uh, which was also directed by Ivan Reitman. She made her debut on the series The Andros Targets before roles in the films Melvin and Howard, Young Doctors in Love, and The Right Stuff. She was later on the Robert Altman series Tanner 88 and the show Jericho. She was a recurring guest on Parks and Recreation as Marlene Nope. I assume she played um, Amy Poehler's mom. And most recently, she was a recurring guest on NCIS Los Angeles. She was born on the stay in Tacoma, Washington in 1949. Alec Guinness was a member of the Old Vic group of the 1930s who found his way to film stardom in the late 40s for his performance in David Lean's Adaptations of Great Expectations and Oliver Twist. He lay, he starred in the comedies Kind Hearts and Coronets, Last Holidays, and The Lady Killers, earning his first Oscar nomination for The Lavender Hill Mob in 1952. In 1957, he won Best Actor for Lean's The Bridge on the River Kwai, a year later was nominated for writing The Horse's Mouth, and starred in Tunes of Glory, Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Shivago, which I've never seen and I remember was was the thing that, you know, my mother would talk about, I don't know. Yes, our mothers are our mothers are the yeah. same age because it was a movie my mom yeah. always talked about as well because of the age yes. they were when they saw it. Uh, yeah. He was also in The Comedians and Cromwell. His most famous role today is likely Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars, a film he said he enjoyed working on but could never see the significance of. He is to this date the only actor in the franchise to be Oscar nominated for a Star Wars role. Wow. Another nomination for Little Dorrit. Then he made his last film, Mute Witness, in 1995, five years before his death at the age of 86, and he was born on this day in London, England, in 1914. A great, great, yeah. great actor and star, and uh, performed at Stratford oh. in Ontario when it first oh, opened. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, he was part of their their opening season. There's a great documentary about it on that you can find on YouTube. Mm -hmm. That uh, either won or was nominated for a documentary Oscar in the 50s called The Stratford Adventure, I okay. believe. It's all about the birth, like the opening of the Stratford Festival in Ontario. Oh, I'll definitely check yeah. that out. Because mm -hmm. it's really funny to see how much of that town has right. changed. Right. Oh man. <laughs> and how much sure. of it has, of sure. course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He uh, he never he never really got what Star Wars was mm. all about because his his role in that film isn't much in the way of drama. It's all exposition, right. and he just had to utter all this mumbo jumbo that he thought was just ridiculous. <laughs> he thought the dialogue was the absolute right. worst, but you know. Whatever they paid him tons of money to go film in Tunisia right. or whatever, it was and there you go, and so, he got his nomination. Yeah. 
Uh, one of my favorites on this list, not someone very well known to people, Diane Cilento or Cilento, isn't very well remembered today, but in the 50s, she had success on stage, and in the 60s, while married to Sean Connery, had her own successful spate of high-profile film roles. She was nominated for a Tony Award for Tiger at the Gates in 1956, just after making her film debut in John Huston's Moulin Rouge. She appeared in The Naked Edge with Deborah Carr in 1960, and in 1963 was nominated for a Best Supporting Actress Oscar in the Best Picture winner Tom Jones. Later, she appeared in The Agony and the Ecstasy and co-starred with Paul Newman in Ombre. In the 70s, she was in the horror classic The Wicker Man and made her final appearance on the series Halfway Across the Galaxy and Turn Left in 1993, eight years before her death at the age of 79. She was born on the stand in Brisbane, Australia in 1932. Buddy Epson began his career as a Broadway dancer in the 1920s, forming a vaudeville act with his sister before they moved to Hollywood and tried their hand at the movies. He was cast as a feature act in Broadway Melody of 1936 and born to dance with Eleanor Powell and then Broadway Melody in 1938. I guess it was a series called Broadway Melodies where people would do numbers and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, they made, I think, two oh, okay. or three of them. But yeah, it was very popular in the early days of sound in the 30s mm-hmm. to basically make mu- movies that were uh, a collection of musical numbers. I see. It was kind of like watching uh, an MTV video hits uh, program now. Um, And maybe it had a bit of a plot, but barely one. Like it didn't really need one. It was just a matter of like showcasing all these performers and what they could do as uh, singing and dancing. And also was like the cheap version of going to the theater to watch a musical, uh, to watch musical performances. It reminds me when I went to Las Vegas with Amanda and we met her parents there and they had bought us tickets to see one of the oldest shows uh, in Broadway, sorry, not Broadway, in Las Vegas, called Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And so it was yep. a topless number, but they bought the version that wasn't topless, like the non-topless version of Jubilee. Amazing. And it was terrible. You really need to see the topless version if you're going to watch that horrible, horrible <laughs> song and dance number. Anyways, back to Buddy Epson. Um, you know, he... Uh, he Who did not dance no, topless. No, he did not. Not that we know of. He did a number with a young, new MGM star named Judy Garland. That was in Broadway Medley 1938. And he was cast in his biggest role yet opposite uh, Garland in the tin, as the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. But when the makeup department sprayed him with the aluminum paint to create the look of the character, it coated his lungs and he had to be rushed into medical care. Wow. He was replaced by Jack Haley, but his career continued, later appearing in Breakfast at Tiffany's and most famously as Jet Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies from 1962 to 1971. He made a cameo in the film adaptation of the show in 1993 and made his last appearance as a voice on King of the Hill in 1999, four years before his death at the tender age of 95. He was born on this day in Belleville, Illinois, in 1908. Rashawn Seth studied at Lambda and had his big break in Peter Brook's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream, which toured in 1971. He made his film debut in Juggernaut, then appeared on numerous television episodes while keeping up his first love of journalism, having his breakthrough film role as Pandit Nehru in Richard Attenborough's Oscar-winning Gandhi in 1982. After that, he appeared in the high-profile A Passage to India, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and My Beautiful Laundrette. Later, he was in Little Dorrit with fellow birthday celebrant Alec Guinness and Mississippi Masala with Dennis Denzel Washington. More recently, he was in Michael Winterbottom's adaptation of Tess called Trishna and the live-action remake of Dumbo. He was born on this day in Patna, British India in 1942. Well, lover or hater, 
Shirley Douglas was born today. She graduated from the Royal, Royal Academy. Who doesn't love Shirley Douglas? I did that with Shirley Jones, and so I just figured I'd continue with <laughs> Shirley Douglas. Well, Shirley Douglas graduated from the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and continued to work in British theater before returning to Canada in 1957. She appeared in Kubrick's Lolita, played Nellie McClung in the TV movie, and had roles in The Wars and David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers. From 1996 to 2001, she co-starred on Wind at My Back and made her final appearance on Degrassi, The Next Generation, in 2008. She was named an officer of the Order of Canada in 2003 and was the daughter of Saskatchewan Premier Tommy Douglas, who was responsible for bringing universal health care to Canada and was the mother of actor Kiefer Sutherland. She died last April of pneumonia three days before her 87th birthday, and she was born on this day in Weyburn, Saskatchewan in 1934 and is loved by Canadians all across this country. Yeah. As is her father, yeah. greatest Canadian, voted greatest yeah. Canadian. And uh, if you were on that show, it was called Wind Up My Crack for oh. anyone who was actually involved on the show. <laughs> That's awesome. Filmmaker Donald Petrie is the son of a Canadian director, Daniel Petrie, his own career beginning as an actor in The Turning Point and Hots. He be he moved into filmmaking in the early 80s, directing episodes of MacGyver and L.A. Law before his feature debut with Mystic Pizza in 1988. Also one of the earliest film roles of one uh, Julie right. Roberts. He directed a series of popular comedies in the 90s, including Grumpy Old Men, The Associate, Miss Congeniality, and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. He directed Nia Vardellos in My Life in Ruins, the 2018 classic Little Italy, which is Marco's oh, favorite man. movie. And most recently, he directed episodes of The Kaminsky Method. He was born on this day in New York City in 1954. Oh, that film was such garbage. I can't even tell you. How is My Life in Ruins? Mm -hmm. It's okay. okay. It's, yeah. I mean, it was sort of an attempt to... Uh, uh, give her another right. hit by having it be connected to Greece right. again, but she didn't write uh, it. And it's very, um, it's sweet and Greece looks beautiful in it. You know, I was really happy to watch it in a movie theater, but uh, nothing that uh, blew my mind in any way. Marvin yeah. Gaye is the, our last celebrant on our list today. And he was born in Washington, DC in 1939. And he was an American singer, songwriter, and record producer. He helped to shape the sound of Motown in the 1960s. Gaye's Motown hits included Ain't That Peculiar, How Sweet It Is, To Be Loved By You, of course, and I Heard It Through the Grapevine. During the 1970s, Gay recorded the albums What's Going On and Let's Get It On, and becoming one of the first artists in Motown to break away from the reins of a production company. His last recording inf uh, influenced several contemporary R&B subgenres, such as Quiet Storm and Neo Soul. He was uh, a tax exile in Europe in the early 1980s, and he released Sexual Healing in 1982. It was a hit that won his first two Grammy Awards. Sadly, on April 1st, 1984, the day before his 45th birthday, Gay was shot dead by his father, Marvin Gay Sr., at their house in West Adams, Los Angeles, after an argument. Yeah, it's terrible. Many institutions have post posthumously bestowed gay with awards and other honors, including uh, the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award and inductions into the Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. Picket lines. And pick it, I could go oh, on. Man. Don't punish me 
with brutality. I'm not going to stop you. Your voice is so beautiful. You need to record an album, uh, Bill. Oh, do yeah. I? Yeah. Well, anyways. You... Songs from My Coach by Bill Antonio. I'd buy that album. Well, listen, uh, I hope to buy the album of uh, Speaking With You tomorrow on Born On This Day. All right. See you then.